under that whole umbrella of being plant-based is great for your health, for the environment, and for the animals. So three things that I think most of us are very passionate about, you can accomplish and help address all of those three critical needs and issues with a healthy plant-based diet. Welcome to the Plant-Based DFW Podcast Weekly Show with Dr. Riz and Maya, a show broadcasted from the Dallas-Fort Worth area that focuses on lifestyle medicine. This is the use of evidence-based lifestyle therapeutic approaches, such as a whole food plant-based diet, regular physical exercise, adequate sleep, and stress management to treat, prevent, and oftentimes reverse lifestyle-related chronic diseases that are all too prevalent. Every week, they feature a guest who speaks on one of these lifestyle medicine pillars. This show is for you, the person who is seeking to improve your overall wellness and quality of life. So whether you are driving, walking, or relaxing at home, we hope this show will provide you one more tool for your wellness toolbox. Let's meet today's podcast guest. Welcome back to another episode of the Plant-Based DFW Podcast. I am Maya Acosta. This is episode 140. My next guest is also a member of the Pod Advisory Committee. Harriet Emerson is the pod leader of Salt Lake Thrive, which was founded in 2017 in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thrive has hosted almost monthly community educational meetings in Salt Lake City, including events that were online starting in the spring of 2020. Thrive is also seeking to partner with food pantries, churches, and other community organizations to increase awareness of the many benefits of a plant-based and plant-rich lifestyle. Harriet has a master's degree in city planning and as a community planner has assisted many local, state, federal, and nonprofit organizations with developing and implementing strategic plans. Let's meet Harriet. Welcome, Harriet. Thank you so much, Maya. It sounds like you're staying pretty busy. <laughs> yes, despite the, the pandemic and what have you. So Yes, so trying to continue. It was a bit of a transition at first last March, I believe, or April is when we did the very first online event. But I went from in-person meetings to online events. And it was, at one hand, it felt like a little bit of a loss because I felt like we really started to get a little community going when we were having our in-person meetings. But on the other hand, going, starting to do the Zoom meetings, the upside of that was we were really able to broaden our reach. We had folks from all over the U.S. and we had some folks from Canada and I think at one point in time we had folks from the United Kingdom. So anyway, moving forward, looking at events, you know, perhaps do a hybrid of uh, in-person and online events. I like what you just said. You're talking about perhaps continuing on and doing kind of a hybrid situation. Many of us were affected the same way. And this is why I'm excited that we're talking, that we're both part of the Pod Advisory Committee so that we can help sort of reignite the organization, the pod leaders, the members, and get everyone sort of excited and back on board. Before we learn about your pod and various events that you held at one time and now online, can we learn a little bit about yourself? How did you get on board with the plant-based lifestyle? And have you known about this for quite a while? Well, when I first got into under the umbrella of plant-based, my, it really wasn't from the health perspective. What have you, and I know the different pods have different areas of emphasis for some it's health and for some it's animal advocacy. So just real quickly, as my goodness, six or seven years ago, I was just on Facebook, just scrolling along and came across a post from an organization that works with cats and 
dogs in countries where they are seen as food like we see cows and pigs and chickens as food. It's a cultural perspective, right? Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. And then I read one of the comments on the post and it said, well, something like, is it inconsistent to be upset when folks are consuming cats and dogs while you're eating cows, pigs and chickens? And that really made me think, like, I guess that is inconsistent or that's not consistent. And I think that was really a life changing moment for me. And so then I said, no more meat. And but I told my husband, I will never, ever, ever go vegan. Never. I can't imagine giving him cheese, ice cream, scrambled eggs, omelets. So, but gradually over time, over the next year or so, I just became more and more aware of what the, the cruelty and the environmental impacts of what dairy and eggs. And I just had felt a lot of stress. I had this internal conflict. And the only way I could resolve that conflict was to either not care or stop consuming dairy and eggs or all animal products. So that's what I did. So it was the journey, and which I think is true for a lot of people. And then after I was plant-based for a couple of years or so, I became more and more aware of the aspects of it as well. And just to me, the great thing about being plant pure community leader under that whole umbrella of being plant-based is great for your health and for the environment and for the animals. So three things that I think most of us are very passionate about you can accomplish and help address all of those three critical needs and issues with a healthy plant-based diet. Okay. So being that, you know, you are a PAC member and one of our goals is to sort of, again, ignite people to come on board and get involved. Can you tell us about sort of what strategies that you put in place to create your pod? I know you have a background in community organization and event planning. So how beneficial was that to already have that background? Well, very beneficial. And I think just being familiar with outreach and really how to network and how to reach out to different kinds of organizations, maybe organizations that there was some intersectionality, like going and approaching health clubs or different groups that are going to gyms, talking to people where they were concerned about health, but they were hadn't really thought about the diet aspect of it so much and trying to look for groups where there was some level areas of commonality and to broaden their perspective to think of health as including their diet as well. So, and then also the various local vegan groups, because as we know, vegan doesn't necessarily mean being healthy. And I think, you know, a little vegan junk food every once in a while is a hurtful, but really that to know that being overall healthy, a healthy diet has really enabled people to be the most successful because we've all heard of people saying, I went vegan, I feel horrible. And I'm not going to do it anymore. And they were perhaps consistent of a diet consistent mainly of vegan junk food. So I think that's a really important message. No, you don't have to be perfect, but primarily whole food plant-based. And you're just going to be happier and you're going to be more successful. You're going to be, for all the reasons that you adopted a vegan diet for the animals or your health or the planet, you're going to be more successful at it if you're feeling healthy along the way and you feel well. It's interesting. So you came about this information, or at least the awareness of this discrepancy that we have about food. So we eat certain animals, we don't eat certain animals. So you learned about that on Facebook. My awareness came by watching YouTube videos. My husband and I, we actually didn't know anyone in the Dallas area that was on board. We never had anyone approach us and talk to us about the health benefits of having a more plant forward diet. So I'm assuming it was similar, I guess, for you as well, that you sort of started on your own, didn't know anyone, and eventually people started reaching out to you? Or how did you build your team and draw pod members? Well, a lot of it was reaching out, posting on Facebook to the various 
vegan Facebook groups because those are natural allies, right? So people who were supportive. And I'm lucky in Salt Lake Maya that there is a very strong vegan community, like say not always with a health basis, but finding people. And so it was, it was myself primarily initially, but trying to find those natural allies, like the local vegan Facebook groups. And then also posting. I did, when we were doing in-person events, I was posting in the various community bulletin boards and what have you in local community newspapers and really trying to reach across the diverse community. Salt Lake is, is very diverse. So really trying to reach out to the different kinds of community newsletters or Facebook groups or what have you that appealed to a broad section of people. So I was fortunate last week, I did have a couple of folks come on board and they've been kind of informal pod co-leaders, what have you, I have a friend, Sharon Bates, and she's done several cooking demonstrations. And she and another friend, Deepi Prasanna, who's very much into the athletic side of plant-based, she administers a Facebook group. And so I can work through their networks as well to help build support for Thrive. But it's been great to have their connections and really so helpful to have a couple of other people to plan events and brainstorm and that type of thing. Yes, you're touching on collaborating as well and working with people that already have something in place and then coming together. Absolutely. I love that. And that's part of the reason why I'm excited that we have all these subcommittees as well so that we can help put a little bit more of a structure to all of this so that it's easier for everyone else. I too started on Facebook at it using the Facebook ads to try to attract individuals who might have concerns about cancer, heart disease. I did make it about health. And I was fortunate enough to partner with a library who wanted to host all of our events. It got a little trickier when it came to potlucks and things like that, because that was my only place. That's where I struggled in terms of finding locations. No, so I know I started like having meetings and inviting people to my meetings. Now, I was just getting into it before COVID hit. I really wanted to go where people were already gathered together and like at senior centers or Rotary Club meetings or what have you. So go to where people, because I think that's certainly continued to have meetings, but get out and go where they just are really diverse, where they're like, it's Rotarians or Kiwanis or the Senior Center or whatever group it might be. And then COVID hit. And so that's one thing I really hope to do as things open up and groups start getting together again, is to be able to deliver that message. I'm going, like I say, going to, out to other groups rather than always focusing on having people come to me in my events. Yes. Can you tell us more about what you just touched on, which was the senior centers, for example, which was an interest of ours because patients do tend to come from that area. How were you able to kind of come in and talk about the message without feeling like you're stepping on someone else's toes? Or if they, for example, have someone that already implements or works on the nutrition portion, how were you able to make that work? Well, I actually, I was just starting to get into that when COVID hit. So what I would do here, and it's going to vary, but Salt Lake County, there's actually a process by which you apply to become a presenter or speaker. And I will do that as they open up you know, the senior centers and start having people back together again. I would also contact, because my last job before job, I was a planner for an area agency on aging and they're federally funded, state funding agencies that develop plans and programs to serve older adults. So I would call, I was just calling the director of the senior center and introduce yourself and what you would like to do, perhaps come and give a presentation or what have you. 
I think mostly they would be welcome to have speakers and maybe want to know a little bit about the information. But I think it is such good news and is such a great resource when we can show like between you know, what Dean and Isha sure as I, the information they present, a very important link between nutrition and other health st- like healthy lifestyle factors and dementia and Alzheimer's. So I think they would be open and receptive. And so I would suggest you city or county look and see there's an area agency on aging and I can help folks with that if they would like it or just find look up in the, your local senior center and call the director and tell them what you would like to do. And I imagine most of them would be very receptive. Yeah, well, see, that's exactly why we need people like yourself to share this information with us. It's very helpful. And you said earlier that every pod is different. Some are more driven towards spreading the message about the environment, caring for our environment. Some people are more involved in the veganism part of it. We promote health. Tell us a little bit more about what kind of events you held when we were doing in-person things. Doing in-person. So I was very fortunate. So then at the local natural grocers, I don't know if they have those in your area, but they had free community space and all my events were free. So I had a variety of different speakers talk about, it's just a general overview of the health benefits of plant-based and then give very specific presentations on whether it's, you know, heart disease or some specific aspect of healthcare. We also, once I had a screening, Cowspiracy, so we did talk about the environmental impacts and then also had a guy who's become a friend. He's a local staff person for Factory Farming Awareness Coalition. So he came a presentation. So most of them were health-based. And then I was fortunate, a nutritional coach for natural grocers, typically she would do some kind of presentation or cooking or what have you and made it kind of fun. And then we would have someone talk about the health aspect. And once we had somebody from a local vegan uh, vegan, uh, garden, so just a whole range of topics. And that's what we were doing. And then when we went online, my goodness, we talked about breast cancer, weight management. In March, I hosted a three-hour online event. We had two health-based doctors. We had a session on mindful meditation. We had a healthy vegan snack cooking demo. We had a gentleman talk more specifically, a vegan fitness trainer, talk about more specifically to physical fitness training. So that was a lot to do. I bet. And so do you have anything scheduled online or any other programs that you offer that our listeners might be interested in? You know, I'm working on that, Maya, after the last one we did with the Shures and this great PPC co-sponsored it with the Shures Eyes. And so I'm trying to figure out next steps as we do open so and reopen. So at that point in time, I'm really not quite sure which direction I want to take. So I do in just during the summer and people are traveling and things are opening up. So maybe this is a good time to step back and think about fall and what have you. I do think it'd be fun to kind of do like a little, now that we can get together with other people and do like a little tasting demo of some of the healthier plant-based alternatives and what have you. So something like that, I think that's why, my goodness, now that we can do things in person, I get, oh, I will tell you one event, we don't have it scheduled yet. We're collaborating with a gentleman from Western Watersheds Project, and they're very much about the public lands, which are very much impacted by cattle grazing. So we had another event with him. So Eric Mulvar, Western Watersheds Project. So myself, as someone from Factory Farming Awareness Coalition, we're going to have an event and we're going to talk about part of that event will be how the demand side, because the reason why there are cows on these public lands is because people are eating them. So one way to help public lands and wildlife, people have no idea how many tens of thousands of native wildlife are killed every year, slaughtered to protect cattle. That one of the main reasons ways you can help public our public lands and our native wildlife 
is to stop eating, you know, look at go to a plant rich diet. So that is coming up. I don't have a date for it. And if people are interested in that, then they can contact me. I'd be happy to share that. So yes, I do have an event in the works. That sounds like a fascinating opportunity. It's all about just educating the public about what we can do, not only to take care of our health, but also our environment. So it sounds like you have a very fascinating pod and you have a lot of things that are going on that are unique to your pod. What tips would you have? You've already shared, but what tips would you have for anyone that's interested in either becoming a leader or joining a local pod? As far as becoming a leader, I think it was really helpful to participate in the monthly pod sessions that are offered by PPC and some of the networking and activities. I think maybe it's okay to start small. I think, you know, I was already know how many people are going to come to events. So just be aware. It depends. And I think some communities, people just tend to go to events more. So I think just don't stress. Don't worry about it. You just start up with a few people. That's fine. The core network. And certainly looking like those allies, like the local vegan groups or the local environmental groups and let them know, share the message of the impact between our diet and the planet. And so look for those natural, either health or animal advocacy or environmental, Mm -hmm. reach out to them and let them know what you're doing. So I think it's okay to start small and then through PPCs, stay connected because I think You know, if you don't feel like people feel like they're out there struggling all alone, then it's easy to get discouraged. And I think consistency, that's one thing I was trying to do is be more consistent in the days and times of the event and just go being out there. I think it's it's really important. That's one thing I wish I had done more is to do try to look for those existing community events and organizations and do more outreach that way. So those are some of the recommendations I would have. Great point. We touched on it already, but if you can just kind of tell us what sort of team have you built? Do you have a core group of people that are helping you in your outreach and your work and organizing events or have you had them in the past? Uh, Yeah. So more recently since last year. So I had my friend Sharon Bates and uh, she has been doing some cooking demos and people have been really loved those. So that's been very helpful. Another friend who is very well connected as far as like people who are more into like triathlons and that type of thing and is very well connected. So that's been really helpful. She seems to know everyone pretty much in the plant-based world. So once again, it's been helpful to have some allies. And I think there's a lot of support, like the friend I mentioned, the gentleman from Factory Farming Awareness Coalition, find different groups to help promote my events. There's a local nonprofit, Plant-Based Utah. They help to promote my events and also partnering. I have partnered with FFAC and Plant-Based Utah and other organizations. So I think that's one way if you can partner with other pods or what have you, then that's a good way. Once again, you're not trying to do everything on your own. That is so important. I think I did initially experience some burnout. So when the pandemic hit, I felt like it was time to rest. (laughs) But like you, you know how you sort of say you had a greater outreach because you went online. I found that I, with the podcast, I got even more involved and learned about more people. So I'm sort of in the same phase as you in a way, not exactly, but I'm also sort of trying to figure out what works. Where do I want to go now? How do I want to do things differently? And like you, who do I want to bring onto the team instead of waiting for people to come to me? One thing that I have resumed are our community walks because those are easy. (laughs) You know, 
the walk with the doc that we're part of. Um, so we do community walks every month and we always touch on a health topic and bring it back to nutrition. So, so far that's easy, but I have to rethink, you know, where do I want to hold events? What kind of events do I want to have and who is going to support me in that? Is there anything else that you would like to share about that, about getting started or about the benefits of just being part of Plan Peer communities? I really can't give to anything to add to what I've already said, but just really, you know, to take advantage of that, something I need to, because it's easy to get busy, but to take advantage of the support network that is there. Maybe it's strike up a friendship with a, a couple of different pod leaders and communicating with them. And, but yes, so take advantage of the resources, including the networking resources that do exist. Do you have a nonprofit or anything else like that? I've thought about that. That is something I'm considering because it does, there are certain grants, as you know, you have to be a nonprofit to apply for. So I've thought about that and that's something I may pursue later this year. I think it's great. You know, I know it takes some work and it takes some organization and what have you. So I really admire the pods who have uh, had the, you know, have the, have taken that step. And so I may be considering doing that later this year. Okay, great. And what is the best way for individuals to learn more about your pod, your organization? I know you're active on Facebook. Are you also on Instagram or any other social media? No, not at this point. That's something I'm also looking forward to doing. But Facebook, Salt Lake Thrive on Facebook also can email me at saltlakethrive at gmail.com. So those are the two best ways, but looking to expand the social media presence. Harriet, I want to thank you so much for um, this conversation, telling us a little bit about who you are and your pod. And thank you again for this time. And thank you, Maya. I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed learning more about you as well. I did. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. You've been listening to the Plant-Based DFW Podcast Show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.